Welcome to another episode of Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This week, I'm joined by the 49ers Senior Manager of Graphic Design, Christine Zambetti. Christine, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. To start off, what are your responsibilities as a Senior Manager of Graphic Design? So our design team covers a lot of different things. So we do everything from stadium signage to social media graphics to game day giveaways, ads on the website, ads for the sales team, like anything that any department could possibly ask for, we're in charge of. Our design team is four people right now. So we have a creative director and then there's me as the senior manager and then two designers. Um, And so the four of us kind of take on all of those projects And as senior manager, I kind of assist Aaron, our creative director, with, you know, helping assign those projects, make sure everything's getting done and on track, and also just making sure everything's on brand. So, like, we kind of have our overall brand and protecting the oval, as this podcast is called. (laughs) But that oval is, like, the brand and all the history that's behind it. And so that's kind of our job is what does that voice look like? Like, what is the visual impact of the brand and then all of the little mini campaigns that happen within that so like there's you know this year we had the 75th anniversary we also launched a throwback red jersey and all of those things were in charge of of what it visually looks like to represent that you mentioned that you've done everything from like the stadium signage to social media which i think takes the scale from giant to like phone size Mm -hmm. is it harder to create something that is going to be on a stadium and giant and like four stories tall or something that's on a phone so definitely definitely the stadium because there's so many things that go into print design you have to make sure the colors are right the color looks perfect on your screen and then you print it out and it's like nowhere near what you had on the screen Um, and the other thing this one's pretty technical but the dpi of the image usually if you're designing for a screen you're about at 72 dpi which is dots per inch or something like that and then if you're designing for print like say a flyer and you want it to be really pretty and high res and like not pixelated you're going to do 300 dpi when you're designing those giant banners, we got all the way down to like eight DPI, which is like, <laughs> you would think would look terrible, but when it's blown up to like literally stories tall, you're not standing close enough to see those dots. And so that's the only way to make a file manageable without like your computer trying to explode and all the stuff that goes into that. Um, and there's also a lot to take into consideration. Like, can the sponsor be seen from really far away because they, you know, want to get their money's worth out of it. And then the, you know, is the fan experience, can can they see it up close? Can they see it far away? Is it getting them excited to be at the stadium? Um, what's the imagery? And then like an imagery on that scale that it fits the size, it fits the campaign. Like there's just a lot to think about with designing on that scale. Whereas like social media, you kind of have a little bit more freedom of creativity and it's like a little bit easier to change you know it's not thousands of dollars and lots of uh man hours to actually print and install and all of that stuff so i would definitely say the print version when did you know you wanted to be a graphic designer um this is actually an interesting story so i was in yearbook in high school or i decided to do yearbook in high school and my dad tried to stop me <laughs> 
Um, cause they had this thing where like one of the things is you have to sell a certain number of ads to get a grade. Oh. And he was like, I just think that's a terrible idea. It's going to ruin your GPA. Like if you want to do it, then go for it. But like, I just don't think you should. Like he was so, I like was almost in tears. Like I just, my friends are doing it. I just oh. want to do yearbook. <laughs> and so he was like, fine, if you want to do it, do it. And he'll tell you the story to this day. But anyway, so I did yearbook for my, I think junior and senior year of high school and loved it. Like I'd spend hours designing and editing and just like really diving into it. And I think it was when I applied for college, I applied in like the business school and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I think it was my senior year before I had gone sign up for classes and all that stuff. I was like, what if I tried graphic design? Like I was like, I love um, designing. I could spend hours doing it and you're supposed to do what you love. So why don't I try graphic design? Um, and then that was a whole thing because the graphic design program at Auburn was really hard to get into. And so they only accept like 15 um, people per semester. And in that 15, it's your like top GPA from art classes and art history and 2D design and painting and all this stuff. And like, I'm one of those weird designers that's not good at painting and drawing and I have terrible handwriting. I find my outlets, I guess, in other ways. But yeah, so I, I was able to get into it. I was able to do it uh, through through Auburn's program and and kind of just loved it. And so it just kind of like all fell into place from yearbook to, to college classes. When did you couple that with sports? Because I think there are a lot of graphic designers who, I mean, graphic designers are literally in every company now. Mm -hmm. When did you decide, I also want to work in sports? Yeah, it wasn't as big of a thing, I think, as it is now. And so at the time, um, my teacher had sent us internship opportunities. And so I think it was going into my senior year. She sent us one for this company that did kind of like locker room installs and designs like that. And I was like, oh, I never had thought about like, I've always loved sports. Like I've always watched college football with my dad and brother. And like, I was like, I didn't know that you could combine these two things that I really enjoy. Yeah. And like, I played volleyball growing up, like softball. I just, I knew that I really liked both things. So I applied for that internship. I didn't end up getting it. And then I talked to my teacher and she was like, well, if you love both, why don't you apply for Auburn's athletic department? And I was like, I didn't even know that like existed like a design team there. And so I worked for that for about a year and a half and just loved it. And then it kind of just snowballed from there. You got a degree in graphic design from Auburn. We kind of mentioned that. What else besides, I guess, the athletic department, which is a huge part of it, but did you do anything else while you were on campus that was either a resume builder or like prepared you for outside of college? Like I know in high school you did yearbook. Was there something similar in college? I had a couple internships while I was in college. There was like a student committee that like looking back to some of those designs, it's like, why did they have me design these things? <laughs> like I did not know what I was doing. And like I had interned at St. Jude for a summer. Um, so I just tried different outlets before actually getting into sports. And I think once I got into sports design, I kind of just stuck with it. Um, it just was like so much of the things that I love that it made a lot of sense. And I had tried these other things and I was like, it just wasn't quite the same thing. So I dabbled a little bit, but, and like I helped somebody who wanted to start a company with like logos, you know, like there was a lot of different college students that had big ideas and trying to help them out here and there. But yeah, I think just kind of dabbling like that. After graduating, then what was your path to the 49ers? 
So after graduating, I had worked with Auburn's Athletic as an intern for about a year at that point, and they kept me on for another six-month contract. I think it was another year contract, but I was there for probably about six months. And I was still in that, like, I've just graduated. I love what I'm doing here. But, like, it wasn't really a full-time thing. It was kind of like a partly full-time thing. And I wanted something permanent, but I was like, I'm not sure where I go from here. So I'll just kind of play this out until I see something else. Uh, And somebody at Auburn had recommended me to a position at Arkansas because as in sports, it's a very small world. And so a lot of people know a lot of people and that really helps with connections and getting to know people within the industry. But um, somebody had sent my name along to Arkansas and they had never had a full-time graphic designer there. So they had only had interns and they have like 19 sports programs. So when they brought me in, I was like, you know, six months out of college and I'm supposed to be in charge of 19 sports and student athlete, like (laughs) academics and ticket sales and foundation kind of things. Easy. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you kind of fake it till you make it, you know? And, and I took some of the things that I had learned from my boss at Auburn since he was in a kind of similar position and applied it there. And by the time I left Arkansas, we had a team of one full-time designer under me who has now taken over for me and he's doing a great job. A paid intern under him, who I think now is full-time and still there. And then a student intern who was able to get class credit. What are the differences between working in like college sports and a professional sport or a professional league like the NFL? So in college sports, which I think has changed a little bit since I was in it, but you know, we had 19 sports that you're in charge of. So you're trying to create a visual brand for the university and like the athletic department as a whole. And then how does that apply to each 19 sports? So like they have posters for each sport that goes around the town and you have a little bit more of that like town fanatic. I mean, college towns that are smaller, like they kind of can really get behind it. But yeah, you're trying to create these 19 individual brands within one overarching brand. And sometimes those coaches are like, well, I want mine to be completely different than anybody (laughs) else's. And you're like, okay, well, how do I make this feel like it's still part of like Auburn or Arkansas's brand as a whole, but like be what they want, where it's like unique to to the tennis team or the cross country team or whatever it might be. Um, Whereas, you know, working for one team, you can really hone in on what that brand looks like and, and expand on it and really dive into it and from a design sense, like you get to just explore it a little bit more than I think when you're being pulled in so many different directions. You guys recently hired another person into your department. And I think what was evident about that was how many people want to work in sports, want to work in graphic design. For someone who wants your job, which I feel like is a lot of people at this point, what would your advice to them be? Because you did take, you didn't go out of college straight into the NFL. But I think that is sometimes the path people want or expect to take. Yeah, I think I think the path is different for a lot of people. But I think some of the main things are like, and even even NFL teams now, like we're just looking for like different skill sets that can add to the team. I think finding that thing that's unique to you that makes you stand out and makes you contribute to the team that much more. Like on our team, for example, our creative director is really talented in the music side and he brings this whole aspect of the rhythm and how that adds to our designs. Whereas Brandon, our one of our graphic designers, is a really talented illustrator, so he's really great at 
building logos and like brands and thinking about kind of all the intricacies of the graphic elements and vectors that go into it. And then we've got Noah on our team and he's really good at like motion graphics and kind of a jack of all trades that can help um, knock things out. But I think just finding that thing that makes you stand out from a pack when there's 300 something applicants can really help. And then honing in on that to show like, this is why I'm valuable. Let's help people out right now. You're a graphic designer applying for a graphic design job. What do you need to put in that application? So first and foremost, your first impression is going to be your resume. So like have a logo on there, make sure it's got like nice colors, but not like overwhelming, distracting colors, Um, something kind of still professional. And then that's your first impression to show what kind of designer are you like? Can you handle typography and print? And I think sometimes when people think of sports design, they're like, oh, it's just like wallpapers and fun things that you see on social media. And like, that's kind of all it is. Whereas like, we might need you to design a flyer. We might need you to design a stadium signage. Like those things take a different set of knowledge and design than just being like really talented in Photoshop and and wallpapers and compositions and things. So like that is one, one skill set, but show show on like your resume and your portfolio, your diversity in work, I would say. And then, yeah, have a portfolio and (laughs) have that up to date with some of your best stuff. Like you don't have to have everything in there. Just show your best foot forward because we're, again, looking through a bunch of applications. If we're looking at your work, we want to see the best stuff like right away and then we can move on through it. And then I would also say include a cover letter. I think it's not as common anymore, but I think that it's like your first chance to tell why you think you're a good fit for this position and it can match your resume. So you can keep that brand going and show, show your skills there. And proofread your cover letter yeah. and resume. Always that important. Well. That as well. <laughs> this is the team's 75th anniversary. It's a whole new look and feel this year. What goes into creating an entire campaign, rolling that out? How far in advance were you guys brainstorming diamonds or typography or colors? Or what kind of went into that? Yeah, so we started researching that a year plus in advance. I want to say it was during the 2019 season that we like started looking at it. We really started diving into like, I know our CMO Alex had had the idea of the diamond shape to allude back to the NFL's 75th season. um, And they had the diamond patch on their jersey. And we actually brought Brandon in kind of during that time when we were researching and he really had a pivotal role in designing the logo and um, creating that and refining that. And and we kind of all helped um, come up with that. And then it was, it's kind of evolved. So you have to have the logo and then you have to be able to provide that logo to all of the people that need it. And then from the logo, you start designing what the assets to go with, with that are. Some of that was when we were designing the web page for it. And like that kind of gives you an overview of all the different elements that go into it. Um, and so that took a while and, and, you know, I worked with you on that. So <laughs> I was going to say, Christine designed it. It's so cool. Go to 49ers.com backslash 75. It's amazing. Um, but it's like, it gives you a chance to dive into, yeah, that history, like this team has so much history and it's so well known, like across the world that it's like your job to represent all those 75 years, 
plus like our current team and where we're wanting to go all on like one brand or one campaign. So, so yeah, it was definitely like more than a year in advance that we started it. Lots of different moving parts, you know, once you get that logo and you get the website and then how are you going to promote it on social media and email and then retail and then where are you going to apply it throughout your graphics for the season campaign? Where are you going to put it on the jersey? Then you have a new jersey that's launched. And then how does that look? And then we have a whole nother web page for the jersey launch. <laughs> so there was just a lot of moving parts, but it's so much fun. And then there's also, I think you start seeing the logo on things that you didn't even know it was going to be on. Like, I think we got to the stadium and it was on a popcorn box and we didn't physically designed the popcorn box ourselves we were like oh cool like another spot that the 75th logo lives with trying to incorporate all of the past teams and one of the things you guys are doing for your game day graphics is alluding back to past game day magazines right Mm -hmm. how did you guys come up with that idea as something to use for this year's game day graphics Yeah, so when we were building the 75th brand, we took a trip to the museum and went through and photographed a lot of the different, the 49ers museum, sorry, (laughs) Um, and uh, photographed a lot of the different um, elements throughout there. So we got some of the game day covers, there's old pennants, there's old buttons. Um, There's just a lot of inspiration there of our entire history. Um, and so I think at some point during that, we were like, oh, we should photograph some more of these covers. So we had our photography team, I think they scanned it in or something, but, um, we had like forties through sixties covers scanned into our photo shelter. And I was looking through it for inspiration for our game day covers. And I was like, how could we kind of incorporate that? And I was like, what if we recreated them and then like kind of showed the direct comparison And then I think it was Alex that was like, oh, what if we did it throughout the decades? So working our way like two for each decade. So that way we can kind of like allude back to our history, our entire history in these game day covers. But it makes this really interesting like mesh of current and historic, which is pretty cool. I think having to like raise the bar on the game day graphics this year because last year you did this crazy amazing embroidery series it kind of started as like a covid project you're like i'm at home i have time but what was the process of creating those and then how did you like evolve it throughout the season our faithful to the bay campaign had a lot to do with juxtaposing like stitching and fabrics and like the satin jacket, which is kind of where the faithful to the Bay logo came from with um, like urban and Bay area imagery and redwoods and things like that. So like, how do you combine like this textile with this like photography elements, I guess. Uh, And so I think we were looking through research and we came across this campaign where it was kind of photography being embroidered. And I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. And I do have a lot of time on my hands with COVID. So I kind of picked up a new hobby. Like I had never embroidered before. Um, I got some tips from YouTube, got some tips from my mom (laughs) because she's embroidered before. Um, And so started kind of more simple, I would say, and just tried something out. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I had the process was basically come up with a concept for that game whether it's the game theme or where we were playing like our opponent or 
just something that kind of tells the story of where we're at in the season. And then picked a player, printed out a black and white photo of them uh, on just like a piece of watercolor paper kind of so it was thicker. And then got needle and thread and, and a thimble and went to work. It's the first time I did not use a thimble and I lost all the feeling in one of my fingers. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was probably like, it, it. the first one probably took like maybe five hours. Because like I said, it was more simple. And then I kind of challenged myself each week. Like, okay, well, what could I add to this to make it interesting and kind of challenge myself? And so I ended up spending probably like 10 plus hours on each one, like before every game and then would photograph the final embroidery and then upload that into a mixed media kind of game day graphic. But yeah, I had, you know, help with Brandon illustrating some of them coming up with ideas and then um, kept having to go back and getting more thread and different kinds of threads. I tried beads on one. I tried, different kinds of embroidery techniques, like a French knot, which is once you conquer it, it's great, but it's pretty hard to figure out. But it was just really fun being like hands-on and like having like a physical piece once you're finished to look at. For someone who started this podcast being like, my handwriting's not very good, I can't draw. Did that, like the embroidery part come naturally or was that like a learning as you went kind of process? Um, I would say a bit of both. I think like I, I don't have great handwriting, but I'm not, but I'm still pretty crafty. Like I can still do like, like I was picking up watercolors also, with my sister. Sorry, her handwriting is legible. Like I feel like we're really making it sound bad. It's not bad. It's legible. It's so pretty. Like I think people expect a lot out of you as a graphic designer, and they're like, oh, we need somebody with good handwriting. It's never me. Like don't come to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm good at the hands-on stuff, and like I enjoy the like crafting and stuff it's just maybe not like the drawing part (laughs) game day graphics feed into game day which are always for me the most fun but what's your game day routine at Levi's for home games yeah so we um as a team usually show up about three hours two and a half hours early our photographers are sending us photos like directly as they take them Um, And then we're sitting there cutting them into social media size, all the different dimensions of social media. Um, We're filtering them so that we have this consistent look across all of our platforms and all of our photos so that they feel like they're part of that brand. Um, And then we're also creating score graphics as the quarters end, which are always very stressful. And then creating stat graphics, maybe at halftime if something interesting has happened. We're creating post-game graphics. Hopefully if we win, we get to make these cool victory graphics or these any kind of like one-off ideas that we have that that tells the story of the game. That's kind of our job is, is what is happening during the game and how can we visually tell that story. Since you were at Auburn working in their athletic department to Arkansas to the 49ers, how have you seen best practices or I think social media has gotten bigger since then? Like how has graphic design for you changed in that time? I think like specifically sports graphic design has changed a lot. You know, college departments have designers that are in charge of each team more than they did when I was there. Like, you know, we had 19 teams or whatever it was. And now I'm seeing, you know, like creative director of football. And I remember we were creating at Auburn, the recruiting flyers and they are nowhere near where they're at right now with (laughs) recruiting flyers. Like they're way cooler ideas and way better 
Photoshop skills of what, what they're putting together for these athletes. But, and then I think with the NIL coming out and like players being able to have their own brand, even in college has kind of changed the role of what a graphic designer is for that kind of team. Um, And then I think even within like professional sports, I've seen teams be able to grow and add more positions and add, you know, motion designers specifically, or just have, have a little bit larger teams than, than they used to be, but they're still overall pretty small and probably (laughs) smaller than most people are assuming that they are. How much collaboration do you have with other graphic design teams or like how much inspiration do you draw from like, let's say college or European soccer? Like, do you guys use anything like that as outlets to um, inspire designs? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think, like I said, the sports community, sports design, everything is, is a very small community. And so, you know, whether it's from conferences or things like that, or even just social media, or we have like a Slack channel that has all the NFL creatives. I think you really get to know who all these other creatives are um, and and be able to help each other kind of get through it too. Like, you know, I've had mentors along the way that have helped me get to where I am because they have the institutional knowledge of how they got there too. So I think from that point, like the community is really small. I think from inspiration standpoint, it's really good to know what other teams are doing. So like, Definitely follow other teams, other designers on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it might be, and try to keep up with kind of what everybody's doing. But I also, I feel like our team tries to do our best to not, you know, take what everyone else is doing. We try to take what they're doing and like, I feel like everybody's, you know, doing a really great job, but how do, how can we be different? How can we stand out? And in order to do that, sometimes you have to look outside of sports. So that's when we'll go we did like a MoMA trip to the museum in San Francisco one year where there was a place that had like all of these inspiration of, of old designs from like, whether it was music posters in the area or Olympic from the nineties or something like that. And so just trying to get ideas from things that are less traditionally, like what other sports teams are doing right now or what other, you know, just design in general are doing right now. And like, how can you look outside of that and, and find inspiration? With game day, like we kind of went through your routine, but do you have a favorite game you've worked at Levi's? I mean, I think it'd have to be the NFC championship game. <laughs> I thought you were going to just stop at favorite game you've ever worked. And it's really hard to not say the Super Bowl. We sat right next to each other at the Super Bowl. So I felt like I couldn't say Super Bowl because I know like besides the outcome like we had a great time yeah so like I felt like I needed to throw that one out because I I knew your mm-hmm. answer at it's least. just one of those like pinch yourself moments and I think it's the same for the NFC championship like yeah. we actually weren't in the press box for that game we were in a suite because it wasn't room for us but we still had stuff we had to do so like it ended up being maybe a cooler atmosphere to be in the in the suite working because you could actually like hear the crowd and like you felt like you were we were like sitting in the you know, seats outside in the suite to, to really like feel the whole crowd, but also are like quickly designing and like NFC champions and all that (laughs) stuff, you know, but I think that was just like such a cool experience from, from the halftime show to hearing the crowd, like the crowd was so loud. My brother and sister got to be there, which was really cool experience. I walked over and said hi to them at halftime. I think just like all of that together and, and the whole buzz around it, it was just, that's hard to beat. I think 
you brought up an interesting point in there in that like with the NFC championship game, obviously we wanted to win, but how superstitious are you in like creating Mm -hmm. NFC champion graphics ahead of time? Or like, is that a necessary evil because you need to have them? It's unfortunately a necessary evil. It's, I'm not even that superstitious, but I think that is one thing when like, we're trying to slack about ideas of like, okay, like, do we want to start talking about this? And like, even with like Super Bowl graphics, we were not calling it the Super Bowl like weeks prior to, but you have to plan ahead. Like you can't just be like, oh, it's here. Like, let's do it. Like the, from a design standpoint, the playoffs and the Super Bowl have a whole different look. Like you have to like take the season campaign and you have to step it up a notch. Like the players stepped it up a notch, like the atmosphere stepped it up a notch designs have to be stepped up and on it's like how do you make them feel more special and so I think the same is true to the designs I'm gonna spill secrets I don't know if fans know that like when you guys do cutouts of players on graphics all season for social web really anything those all come from like one day that you're allowed to shoot photography with players before the season starts what is media day for you Oh, I love media day. <laughs> media day is like a chance that you can be involved with the players too. And I think for us, it gives you a chance to see their personalities. And so our job is to show those person, like people want to know who these players are. Um, and so we get to, to be able to kind of pull that out of them. And, you know, there's been times that we've had to like yell at the players to get the players to yell at the camera <laughs> or like, tell them to be like, let's go. And they're like, it's just a photo. Like, how are you going to see that energy? And I'm like, you can see the energy. You just like trust us and and get them to do it or like trying to make them laugh on the side or whatever it might be so that you get some of those shots that, that you can use throughout the season to show who they are, but you also only have like five minutes. So you're like, okay, show us who you are quick. Let's go. How many media days have you been a part? Because this will be your fifth season have you been a part of media day every year now uh yes I think so and then in 2020 like the well, world not that one okay. I was gonna say the world oh. <laughs> I was like never mind not that one <laughs> I was like the world changed for everyone like I know they did media day over like zoom yeah but how what was because you weren't involved then what was the process of like getting did you put in like requests on like types of shots you want wanted how did that year work for you yeah I think that year they had a lot less players that we had access to a lot less time that we had access to those players Um, and there are certain shots that we have to get for whether it's NBC CBS and so I think our photographers are so experienced at this point that they know what we're looking for like we definitely can help support them in the photo shoots and, and help guide and direct and stuff but you know, I think they know what they're doing and what they're what we're all looking for. Like we've had enough meetings at this point that that we kind of all know that. But I think one thing that always helps at photo shoots is have examples of how what those shots look like that we're looking for. So we, you know, pull inspiration from GQ or this is somewhere that we pull other teams, like maybe um, something that we saw that was a, a really cool angle or a really cool expression and try to get the players to do it. And then I think the other thing is like showing them how I think this is what we want to do in the future, but showing them how that applies to the designs that we've actually been creating. So they, 
see those designs often on social media, but it's like, this is why we want you to do this. And this is how we're going to be able to use it. During media day, who, like, is there a position group that gives you the most energy or that's like easiest to pull a photo out of? Um, I mean, I think like Kittle brings a lot of energy <laughs> every time. And it's almost like he's always moving. And so you're trying to like capture those moments where um, in photography, you know, like on video, it's like, great, you had all this energy in photography, like, all right, let's slow it down a little, like bring this in, let's get these poses. So, you know, it's fun. It's just like trying to find find how that goes. I feel like sometimes the offensive linemen bring bring a lot of energy. Like Alex Mack this year was really fun. You know, Joe Staley in the past has always had a lot of energy. McGlinchey, like all those guys, they just always have like a really good attitude and, and have a lot of fun out there. And like, you know, we need shots of them too. Like we get to use them across different social media graphics and stuff. So it's fun to get to see their personalities come out. Uh, one thing that got added to Media Day, Media Week, this week, this year that was not in in past years was you guys did a separate 75th jersey shoot. Mm-hmm. What was the energy different on that set than on like a typical Media Day shoot? Yeah, so that one was really interesting. It was actually my birthday, so it was really fun. <laughs> uh, and I had been home for during COVID, and I came out like specifically to help get these media shoots and, and direct them and make sure that we were getting what we needed. But that shoot was different because we had both video and photo going at the same time, whereas usually they have different sets because the lighting needs to be different, the sound needs to be different. But we had one set that we had built, and like we were like 30 something people in the area, like all in the same spot. Like we had, it was a really good rhythm. It was like, okay, photo, you're done, video, you're in, like just kind of swapping. But I think one of the things that made that different as well is Jerry Rice was there for his portion of the photo shoot. And so he's in the background, like pumping up the guys and then jumping (laughs) into shoots. And then the other guys are coming in. And so since we only had like eight people total, I think the energy and the flow and the rhythm and the music and getting all of that together was a little bit of an easier flow. Have you had a moment, because I think like you're in the creation of so many different projects. Have you had a moment where like, whether it's that popcorn box or that you like looked and you were like, I made that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think overall like stadium signage, it's just like every time you walk into work, you're like, oh, yeah, like I created that giant banner on the light pole up there. Like even from like the like from the media shoot all the way to like having it installed up there, like you kind of have some say in, in how all of that comes together. And so you do kind of have that moment where you can just stop and like take it in and be like, wow, this this job is really cool. <laughs> As a transplant to Northern California. What was the process of, because I think the 49ers organization is really big on the community and like making their imagery and like our tone feel like the Bay. What was the process of like learning that culture or that feel? Yeah, I feel like I remember my first year we were doing brainstorms about like, what is, you know, what is the bay what are these landmarks that people think of when they think of this area and it almost maybe helped because we had two designers that had been from here and like had that knowledge and so 
you know, they're naming things that are maybe more obscure. Whereas like, because I had a fresh eye and I'm like, well, this is what people think of that aren't here because you're also trying to reach people that haven't lived here their whole lives, you know, like there's fans from everywhere. And so you're also trying to reach them and show them what, what the Bay means, I guess, outside of here. So I, I was able to bring that perspective, I think from that brainstorm. And then I think just being here for a couple of years, like I really try my best to explore as much as I can go on hikes or um, take road trips, you know, on the weekends or go to the beach. Um, but I just try to like, to take it all in. And I think sometimes when you've lived here the whole life, like you maybe didn't experience some of the things that are in the area. So like maybe to that point, I've got the benefit there of, of some of the things that I've explored, but there's just a lot to, um, a lot of things that it offers here, so. Speaking of hiking, like I think the graphic design team is a really tight knit <laughs> group and you kind of have been over all of the different iterations of the personnel that have come in and out. But one thing you guys do is a like, well, yearly, bi-yearly, who knows, hike. What was, like, who thought of that? Um, I don't know. I think, I think we often are just like staring at our computer screen all day long and it's really easy to get, um, I don't know, you, you've got back-to-back -back projects and all that stuff. So I think we were just trying to think of something that we could get out of the office and do as a team building. Um, where we could, you know, get to know each other a little bit more, get away from the computer screen, get some exercise, <laughs> get some fresh air, get some sunshine. Um, so I think we've done it three times now, and it's been a little bit of different personnel each time. Um, but it's like one of the harder hikes in this area. Yeah, you guys it's quite are the initiation. big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's fun. And then once you get to the top, you really do feel this sense of like accomplishment. And you've gotten to know them through the conversations you've had, and you've had to support each other and cheer each other on to, to actually make it up to the top. We're going to go a little uh, metaphorical here. If the season, let's say starting with combines, so like February, is the beginning of your hike, what is the what is the process of a season if it was like climbing a mountain? You know, like if you're starting with combine, um, you've got the draft that you're kind of working towards and you're also like building all of the things in the off season that are going to be used for the season. Um, so often like once you hit this season, you find a little bit of a plateau because you've got a lot of this stuff built out and you're doing more of the like coming up with ideas of what's going on in the season and like building off of things that you've already created. Whereas the off season, you're trying to come up with what are those things going to look like? Um, so like this off season, you know, we were really heading into the 75th um, season and branding and website and all the things that go into that. So I feel like that was one of the like hills that we got <laughs> to. And then you find a little like stride and then we had the Jersey announce and like that was a whole thing. And then you've got state of the franchise and all of the buildup for that. And like while all that's happening, you've also got all the different departments asking for what they might need for what's coming up. And that's when they have the most time, whether it's, you know, our premium service about how to um, make the best experience for our suite hold or our season ticket holders and how to sell the tickets to the game and the suites. And then like foundation with the events that they might have or special events trying to sell, you know, a holiday party, like all of those things are, there's more time in the off season for them to explore them. And, and so like, 
those are those are some of the peaks and valleys in there. And then once you get to the season, you kind of you're at the top, but you find a little plateau at the top and and keep going until maybe the Super Bowl is the peak. <laughs> Let's get back there. <laughs> I think people assume football like we have 17 games, three preseason, hopefully postseason. But there are like a lot of tinpole events outside of the season. You have combine, draft, state of the franchise, schedule release. Schedule release. When does all of that design happen? Because you can't do it during the season. Yeah, it's all happening like um, as those different milestones are coming. So like, you know, we try to work ahead, but there's always something else that's coming. So like you kind of just create a little bit of like a, a calendar and you see what's coming and in what order and then and you work towards each of those little goals. I mean, it's like any goal in life, like you make smaller goals in order to reach the bigger goal. And I think that's kind of how you have to have to tackle those. No pun intended. <laughs> Do you have a favorite non like game day football, but like off-season tentpole event? A favorite off-season event? Um, I mean, I think State of the Franchise is pretty exciting because it's like some of the like big things that you've been working towards are going to be announced and fans can kind of see some of those, like what's to come, what to look for, what to be excited about. And it's, it's a little bit of that like buildup where like even you are like, okay, like we're almost there, we're almost <laughs> to the season. Like you can tell it's coming, but like you get to you get to show off, I guess, some of those things that you've been working towards. I want to finish with like a lightning round. Well, we finish all the podcasts with the lightning round. They don't have to be quick answers. We just <laughs> don't have another title for this section. If you okay. have one, let me know. What's your favorite thing about your job? I think it's just being able to create the excitement and the energy of the game because, like, I know me and my passion for football and sports and design, like. I really enjoy making it, but then being able to like see how the fans react to it and like getting them excited about the games and the what's happening on the field and getting to know the the players and and who they are and excited about them and supporting them is a is a really cool part of the job. What's your favorite thing about the 49ers organization? Um I really like that I feel like for me it's being a transplant. It's always been like a family to me. And so like being away from my family, I've always had this like little bit of a rock with my job where it's like, I enjoy going in and I feel like I'm supported by the people around me. And like, it, I don't know, they've just always been kind of like a family away from home, which has been been big across the entire organization. Do you have a favorite project you've worked on? Can I give a three-part answer? Absolutely. Okay. Lightning round, be gone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it can be, like, quick. No, no. Anyways. Three-part answer. I love it. So, I mean, we talked a lot about it before, but it was just really cool doing the giant banners on the stadium. Yeah. Like, I've never designed something so large. Probably will not again. Like, there's not that many things that are designed that are that big. So, like, seeing your work on that scale is really cool. I think a second one would be the NFC championship belt buckle because it was just so unique. Like I've never designed a belt buckle before, like never thought that I would design a belt buckle, but 
it's part of the uh, 49ers history. You know, we'll be in the 49ers museum and um, they only had one made for each like staff and player and coach. So there's like one of what, 400 or something. So that was like a pretty cool design to try to come up with and, and play around with. And then the third one, which wasn't necessarily what I designed, but I had a hand in, was from Media Day this year. We did a bedazzled football. And bedazzled probably isn't the best way to sell it because <laughs> that doesn't sound cool. But because it was our diamond anniversary, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if we had like this kind of centerpiece of our Media Day shoot where it's, you know, a bedazzled football? And so it took a lot of different people to come together to be able to actually make it happen, make it happen in time, you know, find the budget for it, all of that stuff. But I think it was like a really cool focal point that has made a lot of our photos with the guys holding it and all that stuff really like stand out and have like a point of emphasis in addition to the jerseys and everything that goes with it. And a lot of guys asked to take it. Yeah. A lot of people wanted it. People have asked where they can buy it. And I'm like, we went on what was it Etsy and yeah something like that and just had had this artist make it and it just turned out really cool I think that's a funny story or like aspect of working in professional sports is that I think sometimes people always expect you to have these like huge budgets and like unlimited resources Mm -hmm. and a lot of times you're like no I ran to the dollar store and got paint or thread and I like embroidered it myself I was literally googling how to bedazzle a football because we were (laughs) running out of time and I was like I think we need this in this photo shoot maybe I can do it myself I don't think I was going to be able to do it myself (laughs) but it was really cool what that lady was able to make do you have something that you're most proud of during your time with the 49ers I mean I think I think there's not like one answer that I have for that. Like, I think I'm really proud of from like a design team, what we've been able to accomplish, um, like together. Like, I think it's really cool. Um, as I've seen our team change and grow in the time that we've been here, that we've still been able to like support each other. And there's things that like we can learn from, from some of the new people coming in, you know, like, like I said, everyone's got these different skills and I, I'm just really proud of, like, seeing what we can accomplish as a team, I think, and, and being able to, like, support each other. This might be, like, picking a favorite child, but what's your favorite Adobe platform? Mm, probably Photoshop. <laughs> I feel like I have expanded. Like, I feel like I used to be, like, way heavier in just Photoshop. Although, like, in school, you kind of learn all of them and, and dabble in all of them. And then... I think you get kind of get comfortable with one. And I know there was a year Aaron was like, okay, well now you need to like see what you can do in some of these other applications, like really push yourself out of that comfort zone because that can only help you grow and and be better and more well-rounded and and understanding of things. So last year I took a course on motion design um, through school of motion. And that was just like a huge challenge for me. And I learned a lot, but it was just like, um, like I had dabbled in After Effects before, but then I really got to dive into it. You know, I've tried out XD, which is for more like digital things. Like if you're building a website or an app UI UX thing or things like, or ads, if you're doing like a bunch of different ads and you want them to be a smaller file that helps. Illustrator's great for vector things. I think it's just like finding what the strength of the application is and, and like, 
InDesign, I would not build a book anywhere other than InDesign. <laughs> but yeah, just finding the strengths of those programs and learning them so that you can use the best tool for what you're trying to do. You're kind of a Photoshop master. I'm like trying, I had like a Rolodex of things go through my head. You had post Philadelphia game, the like birds and the W in the sky. Mm-hmm. One that I remember from a really long time ago was like Carlos Hyde's face <laughs> in like an iceberg. Yeah. What's, what goes into like, where do one, those ideas come from? And two, like how long does something like that take you? Um, the ideas come from a lot of different places, some of which like just brainstorming with other people in our department. So like oftentimes during the game, I'm slacking with like our social media team or our digital team or, you know, bouncing ideas with our designers while we're sitting there. And, and so like some of those things come just from those things or whatever's happening in pop culture that Carlos Hyde was a recreation of a um, music album cover but yeah I think it's just like really exciting when you see something come together like the birds one was just a really random idea I had (laughs) I was exploring like what a victory graphic was going to look like and I had downloaded these birds and then I was I really loved that photo that Meg had taken and I was like what if I just like put them up here and I kind of sent it to our social team and was like lol like what do you guys think and then they were like can we use it and it was like yeah like of course and then it somehow became a really popular post at that time so like you just kind of never know like you have to like follow along with like what the storyline is of pop culture or like the game or just like if you have a random idea and you think it's funny there's a chance other people are gonna think it's funny too (laughs) Is there something that like either you or the design team in general have done that you didn't think got as much love as it should have on social? Um, yes, (laughs) there was definitely when our team was not doing as hot in on the field, you get a lot of comments about things that are completely unrelated to (laughs) what your actual design was or work or whatever it might be. So there's definitely been times, I mean, you try not to read the comments, but sometimes you find yourself reading comments. Um, And there's definitely been times that you're like, okay, like, this isn't even what this graphic is about. Like, you people are trying to GM this whole thing, and it's not working. (laughs) Final question. It's my favorite. At the bottom of every job posting, there's that bullet point that's other duties as assigned. Mm. And it's ominous. And I think they hope that no one reads it or like thinks it's actually going to happen. But have you had something with the 49ers that you were not expecting? Oh, 100%. I feel like there's so many things that I'm like, oh, this is other duties as assigned. Like, <laughs> I get it now. I think during media day, we were taking down curtains. Yeah. Um, that was definitely in that category. I mean, it was fun. Like we we had like this teamwork thing going. We were like enjoying folding curtains at some point. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's things like that that pop up. I can't think of like too many other specific examples, but like you end up like carrying, you know, things around to just help other people. Like there's so much that that you do in sports when you have like more limited resources than most people would think that you're like, you know what, I just got to do this myself. Like, If I don't do it, it's not going to get done. So I think kind of those are the things that fall into that category for us. Well, Christine, I know I had to drag you on here, but thank you so (laughs) much for being on the podcast. I, I truly appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you. This has been fun.